Amen. All right. We're in a series called Forward in Faith. And uh, in this series, we've used the word forward as our outline. And, and the, 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 here's what that stands for. Follow, obey, resist, worship, abide, reach, and disciple. We're really talking about how to grow as disciples and we spent several weeks talking about the F, the following Christ. A disciple, a disciple is a follower of Christ. Someone who sits at his feet to learn from him and also to become like him. This is the goal of discipleship, that we become like Christ. It's God's, God's plan for our lives, that we be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And now we're moving into that we've been talking about the O and forward, which is obey, and we're talking about obedience. Listen, a disciple obeys. They become like Christ. The Bible says, Jesus said, I, I, I obey whatever the Father tells me to do. I say what he says. I do what he says. We're to become like him, right? That means we should also be obedient. And when Jesus gave the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19, it says this, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Discipleship is teaching people to obey the Lord. Following Christ is, is not just about going to church. It's not just about worshiping. It's not just about Praying, it's about making disciples of all nations, and it's about obeying Christ and teaching others to obey his commands. So today I'm talking about the blessing of obedience. <laughs> I got three amens on that. The blessing of obedience. Now let me tell you, most people do not see obedience as a blessing. Most Christians they see it as a burden. And by the way, I may step on your toes today somewhat, but I've got to speak what the Lord gives me to speak. Because there's so many Christians today, and this, in this hyper-grace world we live in, you've taken grace to an extreme that, that the Bible doesn't take it. And it's almost like you can live any way you want to live and do anything you want to do, and, it, and it's okay with God. Satan has done such a great job into deceiving so many believers about obedience. And he usually takes them to one extreme or the other. One extreme is the legalistic extreme that I must obey in order to be good enough to know, and to be saved. That somehow I can be saved by my own goodness, by my own works, by my own obedience. No, that is wrong. You cannot be saved by, by, saved by the grace of God through faith. But the other extreme is called license. Like, you know, you have a license to drive. Some Christians think they got a license to sin. The Bible calls it licentiousness. And it means that because of grace now, because of grace, I, can, I don't have to obey God. I can just do what I want to do. I have, I have license. And, the, and Paul said that, so should we continue in sin now that we've received the grace of God? God forbid! But so many people these days are living, both believe both those extremes are wrong. The truth is, obedience is all about love. Think, of the, think about this. Why does God give us commands to obey? Does he do it because he doesn't want us to have any fun? Does he do it because he doesn't want us to enjoy life? Does he do it because he's some kind of dictator who just wants to exert control over every little thing? No. Here's the first thing I want you to see. God gives us commands because he loves us. 
He wants us to obey because he knows what is best for us and he wants to bless us. And so he tells us how to live this life that, 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 that is the life, that style that he knows is best for us. Now, before I go any farther, let me, let me define, obedience, define obedience and blessing. Obedience means to basically to carry out somebody's will. And in the Bible sense, it's to carry out the will of God. The New Testament Greek word for obedience comes from two words, hupo meaning under, and akuo meaning to hear, to hear under, to hear as someone submitted to the authority of another, like a soldier who is submitting to the orders of a superior officer. They hear the order and they obey. That's what obedience is. And it's the same way with God. It's not enough to to know God's word. It's not enough to just hear God's word. We must be doers of the word. And God blesses obedience. Joshua 1.8. I'll give you an Old Testament and a New Testament scripture. Joshua 1.8 says, Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night. And be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then, only then, only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. James said this pretty much the same thing in the New Testament in James 1, 22 through 25. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourself. You get that? I'm going to talk more about that. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like a glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, the law of liberty, it's not a law of bondage, it's not a burden, it's the law of freedom, it's the word of God that sets you free. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Not for just hearing it, not for just singing it, not for just praying it, not for just saying it, but for obeying it. Obedience to God releases the blessings from God. And likewise, disobedience hinders those blessings. Listen, we all want to be blessed. We all want to pray for blessing. But what does it mean to be blessed? Looked it up in my, my uh, Strong's Greek Concordance, Strong Bible Concordance, and the New Testament Greek word for, for blessed is makarios, and it means, it means three things, to be fortunate, to be happy, and to be well off. Your life is going well. That's the same word that, Je- that Jesus used all through the, through the Sermon on the Mount when he said, blessed are those, blessed are those, blessed are those. That's what we sing. Some translations even say it, happy are those. It's the same word used in Luke eleven twenty seven through 28 when Jesus was speaking. A woman in the crowd yelled out, blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. And he replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word and obey it. Jesus himself said that blessing from God comes to those who obey God. And we obey God because we know he loves us and he only wants what's best for us. I love 1 John 5, 3. It says, this is what love for God is, to keep his commands. And his commands are not a burden. His commands are not a burden. 
God does not burden us down with a list of unreachable, unattainable laws. His commands is not a burden because these are things that a good God who loves us is telling us this is what is best for us. If you're a parent, think about your children. You want them to obey you. Why do you want your children to obey you? Do you want them to obey you just out of a fear of punishment? Or just out of a desire for a reward? You know, if you don't obey me, I'm going to do this. But if you do obey me, I'll give you that. Or, Or do you want them to obey you because they love you? They know you're their loving parent. You want what's best for them? It's the same way with God. You know, what, what if your children said they love you, but they never, ever obeyed you? It really helps to think like a parent here. Why is obedience important for children? Are, are we like, parents are like tyrants just running to control little people? No, we want what's best for our children. We want them to obey for their own good, for their maturity, for their protection. Don't go here. You're going to get hurt there. Don't hang out with them. It's not going to end up well for you. Don't do that. Don't do this. And what happens is if they don't instantly obey at home, they won't instantly obey when you yell stop when they're about to run out into the street in front of a car. Obedience is what is best for the child. Likewise, God wants what's best for us. He wants us to grow up. He wants us to be blessed. He wants us to be protected. He wants us to be provided for. And there is that blessing from God that comes through obedience. That's why obedience is important. It's God's will for us. It's God's plan for us. And that's where God's blessing comes from. Now listen, even man's laws were not given to hinder us. They're given to protect us. And so many people see them as a burden. I remember years ago, I remember years ago, some of y'all remember, some of y'all old enough like me to remember when you could drive without wearing a seatbelt and it wasn't a law. And, uh, and I remember when, when that law came out and they were passing that law and they were interviewing people on the street. Well, ain't nobody going to tell me how to drive. If I want to wear one, I want one. If I don't, I want Ain't nobody going to tell me how to drive. Really? You just drive like you want? Like today, you know, hey, I went to England once and we drove on the other side of the road. I, I like that, so I'm going to do that today. I'm going to drive on the left side of the road today. Nobody's going to tell me how to drive. And you know what? When I get to that stoplight, when it turns red, I'm going to go. And when it turns green, I, I'm going to stop. And nobody's going to tell me how to drive. Well, listen, you do that and you're not going to live very long to be driving. <laughs> it's the same way with God's laws for us. They're there for our protection. They're there for our blessings. We break those laws at our own peril. And God gave us these commands because he loves us. If you can get this down, it would help you. And secondly, we obey God's commands because we love him. We don't obey out of a morbid fear of punishment. We don't obey out of some works-oriented attempt to to gain God's favor and to earn righteousness or salvation. We obey him out of love. We obey him because we trust that he knows what is best for us. He's a good, good father. And his commands for us are good. And when we obey him, it brings his protection and it brings his blessing. And we obey God because we love him, because it's the right thing to do. We don't obey just for blessings, but when we obey God, God does bless us. 
Now, Jesus gave what is called the great commandment <clears throat> in Matthew 22, 37 through 40. And by the way, one of the ways the great commission is fulfilled is through great commandment love. That's what Anne was speaking about, loving your neighbors and sharing the good news with them. By the way, it's not loving to withhold the good news from them. Well, I don't want to offend nobody, and they may not like it, and they, you know, you know, really? I mean, I mean, do you believe people that apart from Jesus are going to die and go to hell, or, or do you just believe eh, that life is over and nothing else happens? I mean, it, I mean, or do you care about them enough to to share the good news with them? And the great commandment is, is fulfilled with the great commission is fulfilled with great commandment love. And Jesus said, love, the, this is a great command. Love, somebody asked him, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. <clears throat> so you could say Jesus kind of reduced the Bible down to two things we need to know and do. Love God and love people. You think about it, if you love somebody, if you really love them, you're not going to steal from them. If you really love them, you're not going to lie to them. If you really love them, you're not going to cheat them. If you, uh, if, you, if you really love them, you're not going to cheat on them. I mean, all the commands, don't, don't steal, don't lie. If you really love somebody, you, you, you're not going to cheat or steal or, or, or lie. And, and listen, here's the thing. A lot of people will say they love God. But their idea of loving God is way different than the Bible's idea. To them, it's like, well, I believe in God, and I believe God is good, and I have kind of warm, googly feelings about God, you know, I mean, I don't even know what that means, but I, I have these warm feelings towards God, and, 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 and I, I, I love him. But you know that the Bible says that true love for God always results in obeying God. Now, y'all are going to get real quiet, but I'm going to read you three or four verses in a row here spoken by Jesus Christ. They are in red letters in your Bible. This is the New Testament. Listen to these quotes from Jesus. John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. John 14, 23 through 24, Jesus said, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. 1 John 2, 3 through 5. We can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandment, that person is a liar. This is the New Testament. And not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show completely how they love him. Do you see a pattern in these verses? I could read more. I could stand up here a long time reading verses just like this. Love for God results in obedience from the heart. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean we never do wrong. It doesn't mean we never fall. It doesn't mean we never ever sin. 
But it does mean we are growing in holiness and we are growing in maturity. And when we do sin, we, we, we repent. We have godly sorrow for our sin. And we repent of our sin. Some people have a worldly sorrow. But godly sorrow, the Bible says, leads to repentance. Repentance means not just feeling bad. That was the sorrow part. Repentance means change. Change of mind, change of heart, change of the way I live. Repentance is change. So when I really, so, so yeah, I'm, I mess up. But see, so many people, and I'm going to talk about excusing yourself in sin. So many people go to this extreme, well, I'm only human. I'm not perfect. Uh, and, and that's true. We all sin. We mess up. We confess it. We make it right. We get back up and we go on. But some people use that, I'm not perfect, I'm only human, as an excuse to just live in sin. Without repentance. Yeah, I'm not perfect. But see, Jesus, Jesus modeled this loving obedience to us. He said in John 14, 31, the world must know that I love the Father. That is why I do everything that he commands me. Everything. Not some things, not most things, everything. It's amazing how some people want to pick and choose what they believe in the Bible. Pick and choose what they want to believe about God. Pick and choose about what they want to obey. It's like cafeteria styles. I don't, do they even have cafeterias anymore? You know, we used to go to Luby's and Wyatt's and Furs. And remember all those places? I don't know, COVID might have shut them down because, you know, you're... You're, you're going by all the food there, but I remember how I would go in there and eat there, and I would want, you know, give me, give me that salad, and give me that Thousand Island dressing, and give me that roast beef with lots of gravy, and those mashed potatoes. Do not give me any leafy green vegetables, no broccoli, no spinach, none of that. Give me lots of that dessert. Give me some of that sweet tea. I mean, I pick and choose what I want. None of that liver. None of that liver. Not of God. <laughs> We pick and choose, and we want to, people want to serve and obey God cafeteria style. I'll take a little bit of that and none of that. They emphasize the love of God and forget that there are things that God hates. They emphasize the grace of God and never talk about the holiness of God. They want the forgiveness of God, but they ignore the justice of God. They believe in heaven, but choose not to believe in hell. And so many people seem to believe in a God they make in their own image so they can do what they want, how they want, whenever they want. Excuse me? If we believe that Jesus is Lord, we must not just believe, we must obey what he taught. Jesus said it like this in Luke 6, 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, when you do not do what I say? Why are you calling me Lord? A Lord is somebody you submit your will to. And when you truly believe in the Lord and you love the Lord, you obey the Lord. Unfortunately, a lot of us treat obeying God like we treat obeying our doctor. <laughs> oh man every year people spend billions of dollars going to doctors I, I, I looked this up statistics show that more than half of patients fail to follow their doctor's instructions more than half is that ironic 
We go to the doctors, we pay them money, then we go out and ignore what they told us. I told me, I know he told me don't eat this and don't eat that and start exercising. I'm good. And what occurs in the doctor's office often occurs in church with Christian people because God's prescription for well-being is outlined in his Bible, but many people choose to ignore the great physician's orders. And we wonder why we have problems. We wonder why our lives don't work properly. Too many people act like God gave us 10 suggestions rather than 10 commandments. These aren't suggestions. These are commands that God gave us because he wants to bless us. He told Israel when they're going into the land, I want to bless you, I want to protect you. If you obey me in my word, here's all the blessing you're going to have. But if you don't, I mean, here's the curses that are coming upon you. And in my mind, I know we're redeemed from the curse of the law. From, from my mind, for us, the curse is just the lack of the blessing. So, so God is saying, I, I, you obey me and I will protect you and I will provide for you and all this. But if God raises up his hand off of you and just kind of lets you out there on your own, you're just, you're, you're prey to the enemy. God knows disobedience will rob us of a blessing. Remember what James said in James 1.22? Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Obedience leads to blessing. Disobedience leads to deception, self-deception. You don't need Satan to deceive you at that point. Some people are blaming the devil for what they are doing themselves. How do they deceive themselves? James tells us. They give themselves a pass when it comes to obeying the word of God. I heard it, I don't do it. I read it, then immediately went out and forgot it. Like looking in the mirror and forgetting what I look like. That's what he said. I read it, remember? So you hear me as preachers on church. You walk out and tell me, great message, Pastor Joe. And by the time you get to the car, you forgot everything that was said. And so many people give themselves a pass. Gives themselves a pass on obeying God. I read an article this week that I'm going to talk about that made me think about this. And this is one of the big things in this world, even, even among church-going people. Uh, the Bible teaches that any sexual relationship outside of a marriage between a man and a woman is wrong. Now, you can argue all day long. You can think other ways all day long. I'm a preacher of the Word of God. This is what the Bible says. God created them male and female, just those two. <laughs> two. Two, male and female, that's it. God created them, and they will be joined together and be one flesh. God created that. Jesus reiterated that in the New Testament. That's what God blesses. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 8, it says, It is God's will that you be sanctified or be holy. You should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God. The Lord will punish men for such sins, as we have already told you and warned you. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, he who rejects this instruction does not reject man, but God who gives you his Holy Spirit. I know people get upset when they hear these scriptures. They accuse us of being mean and old-fashioned and bigoted and hateful. But we, I didn't make this up. I'm reading you the word of God. 
I don't take it personally. If you don't like it, it's not, a, it's not my word. It's God's word. And regardless of what anybody says, according to the word of God, sex outside of marriage between a man and a woman is, has its consequences. God does not tell us that in order to deny us pleasure. Listen, God created sex. God wants people to enjoy sex. And he knows that that relationship is to be enjoyed in the context of a marriage. And he knows that there will be huge problems in your life if you disobey that. He wants to save you from that. Listen, I've been counseling people for decades. I can't tell you the people we've counseled, Pastor Dev and I, who, who, who did things outside of marriage or, or cheated on their spouse or whatever it was decades ago. And it is still affecting their lives today, physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. It's still affecting them. And I know it's popular for people who live together outside of marriage to say, well, you wouldn't buy a car without a test drive, so why get married without a test drive? Well, first of all, you're dealing with a person, not a vehicle. You're dealing with a person with a a body, a soul, and a spirit. And and these kind of things affect them. And as I was studying this week, this is why I'm addressing this, as I studied this week, I I saw this article that says... uh, too risky to wed in your 20s? Not if you avoid cohabiting first. Cohabitation, cohabiting is living together without being married. And worldly wisdom says that, will, that, that if you, uh, early marriage will, has a higher risk of divorce. Of course, I got married when I was 18, she was 17. So we kind of defy that logic. And so they say if you wait till your 30s, you'll be You'll be a good spouse, but nobody, everybody knows you can't really wait to have sex in your 30s. So go ahead and live with somebody. Go ahead and have the sex, but, but just wait to get married. But research is proving that wisdom wrong. This is not a Christian research. This is Wall Street Journal article. This is research done by the U.S. National Survey of Family Growth of 50,000 women found that, listen, people in their 20s who married without cohabiting, without living together prior to marriage, have one of the lowest divorce rates. And the reason they give it is that living together piles with, with people because usually there is a succession of those people, but it piles up relationship baggage that can sabotage uh, marriage later on. And this article says that most young adults believe that living together is the best way to test your partner, thus increasing the stability of your marriage. But a growing body of research shows that those who live together ha- without marriage have a lower chance of a happy married life. They have a lower chance of staying together because everything is based on a lack of commitment. And even when they do get married, they still have that commitment issue. I I, I preached on this years ago. There was a study from Penn State University. Look it up. Penn State University cohabitation. Look that up. And it's, again, a secular study. But they discovered that those who live together outside of marriage have more troubled relationships, a higher rate of divorce, have less happiness, and more depression than those who marry, and have more conflict than the people who marry. The research proves what God said a long time ago, that if you do it my way, I will bless you. But if you go outside of my parameters, it's going to bring serious consequences in your life. And some of those consequences are physical. More than 68 million people in in the U.S. have an STD, a sexually transmitted disease. That's one in five people. And experts, I read an article and experts are saying, we're trying to figure out how to stop the spread of STDs. Find a way. God gave you a way. God gave you a way. 
Hebrews 13, 4 says, Marriage must be honored among all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge adulterers and everyone who commits sexual sin. If everyone obeyed the command of God, there would be no STD, because sex would be limited to husbands and wives, and there would be nobody else to pass it on to. God gives us these commands for our own blessing. And if we disobey, we're only hurting ourselves. We deceive ourselves, and there's no one to blame but ourselves. Obey God and know the blessing of obedience. Stop trying to excuse yourself from obeying the Word of God. Stop deceiving yourself into thinking God's commands don't apply to you. Renew your mind with the Word of God. Stay in faith because true faith results in obedience. I said true faith results in obedience. I'll give you a scripture. Romans 1.5. Through Jesus and for his name's sake, we receive grace and apostleship to call people from among the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. Through Jesus and for his name's sake, we call people and we give them grace for the obedience that comes through faith. Obedience comes from faith. It's not the other way around. Your faith results in obedience. Your obedience does not result in faith. True faith results in obedience. 1 Peter 1, 2 says, You were chosen according to the purpose of God the Father and were made a holy people by His Spirit. Here's why. To obey Jesus Christ. You were chosen to obey Jesus Christ and be purified by His blood. blood. God chose you to be purified, to be saved, to be born again, to be made clean, and then to be made holy. And holiness comes from being purified by the blood and then by obeying the commands of Jesus Christ. Too many people want the purity without the obedience, but it doesn't work that way. And you're going to have to decide now who you're going to obey, God's way or the world's way, the Bible way or man's way. The world tells you to live for yourself, but God tells you to live for him. And when you obey him by living for him, he blesses you. Obedience results in blessing. The world tells you just do what feels good, but God says do what is right. And when you obey him by doing what is right, then you will feel good. Obedience always results in blessing. The world tells you spend everything you make on yourself, but God says you need to give to him first. And when you obey him by giving to him, he gives you even more. Obedience results in blessing. The world tells you that, that, that God just wants you to be happy. As long as you're happy, everything's okay. But really, the Bible says God wants you to be holy. And when you obey, he makes you holy and happy. Obedience results in blessing. Obedience results in protection. Obedience results in provision. Obedience results in joy. Obedience results in peace. And the world will tell you all roads lead to God, but Jesus said he's the only way to the Father. But when you obey the gospel and place your faith in Jesus Christ, you receive the blessing of forgiveness, salvation, and eternal life. The blessing of obedience. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. God, that you, Lord, you would speak to each and every one of us. All of us have areas we struggle in. All of us. This is something all of us struggle. All of us have sins that easily beset us. Some things don't tempt us. Some things do. Some things are easy to resist. Some things are hard. Some commands are really effortless to obey. Some are very difficult. But God, we know that you gave us commands because you love us. 
You want to bless us and protect us. And God, we want to love you enough to obey you. So I pray, God, if our issue is lack of sorrow, that you would grant us godly sorrow that leads to repentance. If our issue is lack of love, God, I pray that you would move in our hearts. Draw us unto yourself. Reveal yourself, your love and your care, and your grace and your mercy, your salvation through Jesus. Forgive us for lack of love. Lord, we choose to love you before anyone, for everything else. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come down as you stand. What's God saying to you today? Have you ever really given your heart and life to Jesus Christ? And have you really submitted to his lordship? I'm not saying, a lot of people just say, I believe in Jesus. Big deal, the devil believes in Jesus. But have you really submitted your life to the lordship of Jesus Christ? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Are there areas in your life you need prayer for and you need, hey, I'm struggling with this area. Would you pray for me? You don't even have to reveal the area. You can say, I'm struggling in an area. Would you pray for me? If you need prayer for sickness or health or job or finances, you want to pray for somebody else, whatever it is, we'd love to pray for you. Thanks so much for being here today. God bless you. Love you.